with you. And uh, I just love what Pastor Jared has been doing. I heard about the exciting messages he's been bringing and what God has been doing. And we're going to take a break from where you guys have been as you've been walking through Scripture. Can you guys all hear me okay? just want to make sure. All right. But uh, I have a message that I wanted to bring to you this morning. And uh, God just asked me to share it. And that's what we're going to do. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come into your house to break your word together, Lord, to share it, to feast upon it. Lord, I would ask that we can take it and apply it to our lives in practical ways, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would multiply it onto us, that when we walk out of here, we can leave different than how we came. Lord, that we can take this word and live it out for you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Praise God. How many know God's designed us to be winners? He's designed us to be winners. You know, when I was in high school, I used to play basketball. I was a little peanut compared to what I am today, right? Six foot five, 210 pounds, and I could jump out of the gym. But those were the long, long days. I tell my wife, I'm twice the man you married. Anyway, we just celebrated 20 years a few months ago. So September, September. So it's exciting. So, but I'm almost twice the man. Anyway, it's a bad joke. Bad dad joke, you know? How many of you like to walk around defeated? Anybody? Anybody like to be defeated? No, nobody does. I, don't, I know I don't. We want to be winners. We want to win at things, right? But we always have faith, no matter what the situation is that we walk into, that we are going to win. How many sit down to play a game of Catan or Monopoly? Whatever it might be. Risk. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what people play. How many play down, sit down and play video games thinking, man, I'm going to lose? Right? Yeah, some, some people, you must be gamers, so you know, the, you know the results, right? So, it's like, yeah, yeah, so, right? But we do our best. We want to walk into every situation that we're in thinking we're going to win, right? Every fight, every battle, every struggle. But, you know, in the church that I grew up in, we used to sing a song that says, We win, we win, hallelujah, we win. I read the back of the book and we win. We win, we win, hallelujah, we win. I read the back of the book and we win. Right? We're winners. This book calls us winners. It tells us that we are not defeated in Christ Jesus. Praise God. So God does not intend for us to walk around and walk through life defeated all the time. In fact, faith is in our DNA. It's part of who he made us. And this morning, I want to share this message with you. It's titled, Walking in Faith and in Victory. Walking in Faith and Victory. So if you have your Bible, we're going to turn to 1 John chapter 5. It's almost right at the end. You can see it's right there. It's very thin. If you're in my Bible, it's 123, 1023, excuse me. And I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. I don't know what you guys have, but I'm going to read from that. I'll give you a moment to get there. And the, he- the header in my Bible says, Overcoming the World. Anybody have that header? Something similar? Anybody? Anybody there? 1 John 5. 1 John chapter 5. It's on, it's on 840 in your Bible? 848. Okay, great. So if you have a pew Bible or one of the church Bibles, it's page 848. If you don't have a Bible, it is also on the screen, conveniently. What? Who does that? So this is what it says. 
Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whosoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and that is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is, this, who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Praise God for his word. As Christ's followers, we can have victory over sin in our lives. And if sin has victory in our lives, and we're living a life in sin, we've already lost We're already defeated. Satan uses sin. His whole purpose is in sin is to take control of our lives and keep us in a place of defeat, to keep us lost. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it's on the screen, that Satan goes around like a roaring lion, lion, seeking someone he can devour, seeking someone he can eat up, Verse 9 continues on and says, Resist him firm in your faith. And in order for us to walk in faith, to walk in victory and overcome Satan, we must have faith. Faith in what? If we go back to our main text, our, in verse 4 and 5, it says that our faith must be in our Savior, Jesus Christ. How many of you this morning, if I ask for a raise of hands or a voice, could clap your hands or raise your voice and say, praise God, I have faith in Jesus Christ. Anybody? Praise God, I'm there. Praise God, I have faith in Jesus because I placed my faith in him this morning. I have victory. Hallelujah. There was a day that I was so consumed with sin. There was a day that I walked around drinking, drugging, swearing, cursing, lusting, living in pride, but I placed my faith in Jesus. And praise God, since that day, I've never been the same. I've been set free. Praise God this morning, I've been set free in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I live a life walking in faith. I live a life in victory this morning. This morning, you don't have to live your life in seasons of victory and defeat. We don't have to live a life like a yo-yo, a Christian yo-yo, going up and down, up and down, up and down. And we see it often in the world around us, in lives of those who are not followers of Christ. We see people living in these highs and lows. One minute things are great, and the next minute they're not so hot. They're, doing, they're on top of the world one minute, and the next minute they're in the dumps. But praise God, we don't have to live that way. But so oftentimes people... We, the church, and Christians have let that in. We've let that into the church. We don't need to. We don't have to go from defeat to victory, defeat to victory, defeat to victory. And this morning, if this is how you're living, if this is what your life is like, I would ask you to ask yourself, why am I living a life like a yo-yo, like a Christian yo-yo? Because I tell you this, it's not God's will for you to live like a Christian yo-yo. That's not his desire for you. 
Praise God. And we walk in the feet, when we stay in that place, we're giving Satan control. We're giving him power over our lives. He doesn't have the victory this morning, praise God, because of Jesus. Oftentimes, as Christians, we make mistakes, right? We fall into sin. Things happen. We're, we're human, right? Thank God, right? If you're not human, we'll pray for you. But praise God, we're human. We make mistakes. But so often in, the, in, in, in Christianity, we make mistakes and we live there. We live in that mistake. We deal with pains and circumstances because of the sins and the mistakes that we made. And then one day we finally kind of like wake up and say, man, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of living in this sin. I'm tired of living in this place. And we turn it over to Jesus and we get really excited. Things are going really great. And what happens? We fall right back into that same thing again. We fall back into sin. Defeat, victory, defeat, victory. The drug addict, the alcoholic, the liar, the lustful, the prideful, all deal with this all the time. Imagine being a sinner, not knowing God, and not having the opportunity to come back to him and living like this. Man, it's got to be an emotional wreck. I know that's what it was like for me before I became a Christ follower. But we're in good company. We can read through this Bible all kinds of accounts of people who've lived life the same way. Samson, Israel, right? We saw Israel wander in the wilderness for 40 years in defeat because they were stubborn, wanted to live where they were at, right? But it's a trap of the enemy. It's a trap of Satan. And as Christians, we have no reason to live our lives like that. God wants us to live in victory. Praise God. The Bible tells us we are more than conquerors. More. We are overcomers. Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. We don't have to keep giving in to the pride of life, to the lust of the flesh, but we can walk in victory this morning. We can have stability we can be on that rock, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. We allow him to reign and control every area of our life. Not just those nice, clean areas, right? Every area. The dark places, the dingy places in our life. You know what I'm talking about. There's places in our hearts that we never want to turn over to Christ. We come to him. And we turn over everything except for that one spot and say, I'm going to hold on to this. I can't give it to you. And that's what the same place we always come back to. We always trip up on because we don't turn it over to him. This morning, he's shining a light into that dark area of your life. Praise God. Turn it over to him. Turn it over to him. So, walking in faith and victory, we would think that, oh man, that's perfect. We're just always on cloud nine, right? Everything's perfect. There's never any struggles. That's a lie of the enemy too, right? Temptation's going to come. Things are still going to come our way. Trials are still going to come. But praise God, what that means when we're walking in faith and victory is that through those circumstances, through those temptations, through those things that are coming at us, through those struggles, through those battles, we're going to hold on to Jesus. 
we're going to hold on to him. And with everything that's in us, we're going to fight to victory. When these things come our way, we need to press on and continue serving the Lord and praising God. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus and press on. What are you trying to say this morning, Pastor Nathan? I'm saying that faith, our faith in Christ alone is our victory. And for us to understand what that is, we're going to look at Scripture for a few minutes. What is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Tell us this. Tells us this. Excuse me. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So what that's saying is faith in us, the faith that is in us is the evidence, is the substance. It's not a belief in evidence. It's not a belief in something tangible. It's faith itself is the substance. It is the evidence. We see all kinds of examples of faith in Scripture. We see the woman with the issue of blood who touched the hem of his garment and was made whole. The centurion's faith was so strong and so big that his whole household became saved. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And we can see in Genesis that God made us, each of us, from the dust of the earth. He formed us and he fashioned us in his image. Praise God. Romans 12.3 says, God has given us every, per- he's given every person the measure of portion of faith. He's given every person a portion of faith. The Bible in Matthew 17.20 tells us that faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. Faith. Faith is so much more than it's a strong belief in something. It's part of who we are. It's a part of how God made us. If God made us in his image, I want God-like faith. I want God-like faith for my life. I want the kind of faith that says, stars shine and they shine. Sun, shine, and it shines. Earth, be formed, and it's formed. That's the kind of faith that I want. Hallelujah. It's a part of who we are. It's in our DNA. Praise God. It's a part of who he's made us. But what we do with our faith determines if we're going to walk in defeat, if we're going to walk in victory. You know, our school, our schools, media, scientists, Hollywood, all try to tell us that having faith in God is wrong. That having faith in Jesus, the Son of God who died for our sins, is wrong. They say it's crazy to kind of have that kind of faith, yet they ask us to place our trust and our faith in them our faith in the systems of this world. But it's backwards, isn't it? They tell us to have faith because someone put it in a book. And a teacher tells us it it happened. But then call us crazy. They call us crazy when when we believe what's been written in this book for over 2,000 years. 
taught for generations. Pastors, rabbis, teachers, parents. Pastors. Hallelujah. This book, the Word of God, is the greatest history book. Hallelujah. The school books change. History, they try to rewrite history. They change science books. But praise God, His Word, it stays the same yesterday, today, forever. Hallelujah. It takes faith for us. Amen? Doesn't it take faith for us to live every single day? We believe the way we do because we have faith in what we've learned. Mom said, don't touch the hot stove, and we touch it. All of a sudden, we got faith that it's hot. Right? We know. Never touch it again because it's there. Hallelujah. We have faith because we've learned it. I don't know John Wilkes Booth. I never met him. But I have faith because I've been taught that he killed Lincoln. Right? Because I've been taught it. It takes faith to believe what we've been taught. Amen? But we can't live without faith. We can't get to church without faith. We have faith in the creator of our cars, that the wheels are going to turn and the brakes are going to work. And God forbid if we get in an accident that the seatbelt and the airbag are going to hold us in place. I have faith this morning in this water I just drank. I have faith that it's not poison, that it's going to be good. Right? Well, maybe. But praise God, we have faith. The atheists, the world, the media, Hollywood all tell us that God doesn't exist and it's cra- that, that he doesn't exist and it's crazy to believe that he does. But but they can't li- they can't live a single moment without faith. They can't live from day to day without having faith. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? No matter what we believe in, no matter what we believe, it takes faith. And when our faith the substance, the evidence of God in us links up with Jesus, Satan had better look out. He had better look out, because when our faith gets in him, we're going to do exploits for Jesus. Amen? This morning, I choose to put my faith in God. I place my faith in Jesus. My faith is the victory that overcomes this world. So here's a few places, a few areas that if you place your faith in, they're going to keep you in a yo-yo state, a place of defeat and victory, constantly up and down. Number one, faith in bad decisions. They're going to keep you in a place of being a yo-yo. Our decisions affect our lives from now, years to come often. We suffer some pretty devastating, and conse- some pretty devastating consequences because of bad decisions. We spend time in jail, We spend time broke and poor. We spend time hurt, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all from placing our faith in our bad decisions. We're too stubborn to admit we've done something wrong. We're too stubborn to admit we made a bad decision, and we ride out that decision until the very end, rather than turn it around. Another area, we place our faith in friendships. If your best friend is a negative Nelly, how long before you become negative Nelly? Right? Yeah, 
That's another story for another day. No. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. We're talking about that, so that's good. So, so this message is for you this morning. <clears throat> Your friends always making negative choices. How long before you start making negative choices? Heading down that path. The Bible warns us about the company we keep. When we spend time with a gossip, it's not going to be long. We're gossiping. Hear me on this this morning. Hear me on this. I'm not saying those in our company, but the company that we keep. The company that we keep. Some of those that we keep in our lives aren't going to support us in our walk with Christ. They're not going to support us in serving him. They're not going to support us in being a Christ follower. They're not going to support us in going to church and worshiping. You see, that's crazy. So make good friends. Make good friends. I know as Christians, we're called to reach the lost. Amen? We're not called to stay inside this building, to never talk to anybody, to just keep to ourselves. Right? We have to make friends outside of church. Christ told us to go outside these walls and to reach people. But understand what I'm saying is those people aren't the people that you entrust with everything there is about you. You don't pour your whole heart. You, you pour your heart of who you are in Christ, but you don't share every single thing that you're dealing with and struggling with with these people. You understand what I'm saying? As Christians, we need to find good friends, people around us that are going to support us in our walk with Christ. Confide in them. Let them be your friend. Be their friend. Love the world, right? But be careful. We should be influencing them, right? We should be salt and light to the world, right? They shouldn't be influencing us, right? When we walk outside these walls, we need to let our light shine. If you're looking to overcome addiction, why would you just hang around someone who spends all their time as an addict? If you're looking to overcome alcohol, why would you spend all your time at the bar? I'm not talking about recovered alcoholics, someone who's been set free. I'm talking about those that are dealing and struggling with that same thing. Why would you spend all of your time in that? Find someone who's come through that. Someone can help you through that. We need to be around people who are going to build us up in our faith. We need those that are going to spur us on to live more like Christ, not to live like the world. Faith in the systems of this world. Another thing that's going to keep us like a yo-yo. Things of this world would consume us. Activities, politics, social groups, social gatherings, social media, sports. The list goes on and on like the rolling ruler. Anyway, bad joke. I just remember this commercial as a kid. They had this rolling ruler. It's a, I'm going to sidetrack here, a little loop, come back to where we're at, right? And there's this guy with like the southern accent, and he's trying to sell you this rolling ruler. And it's, this really, the rolling ruler goes on and on. I don't know, it's just something I remember as like a seven-year-old. But of course the rolling ruler is going to go on and on. It has wheels, and it's rolling. Anyway, so... We cannot place our faith in these things. We can't get wrapped up in these things. 
I like to go to the movies. I'm a moviegoer. Have been for a long time. Love to watch movies. I could go to the movies. I could sit at home. Bucket of popcorn. doesn't matter. I like going to the movies. I enjoy watching movies. Probably will. It's a hobby for me. Probably will continue to and probably will never stop. I don't know. But it could, come, it could become very easy for me to put all my faith and trust in something else other than God. I love it. It's a hobby. But if I'm not careful, it can consume me. It will consume my time. And if I take my eyes off Christ and begin to make movies an idol in my life, it won't be long and I'll be living in a place of defeat. Sure, things are fun. We should have a good time. The Bible tells us a merry heart does good like a medicine. We should enjoy good things and have a good time. Going to the movies and playing and hanging out with our friends and watching sports if you like it, right? But we shouldn't let it control us. We shouldn't let those things consume us all our free time. Our prayer life lacks. Our time in God word lacks. And we begin to forsake the coming together. We, for, we begin to forsake coming to church for nights of prayer. We, we begin to forsake coming together with our small groups. You guys do small groups, right? Right? Those are important. Those are important times to come together. But when these other things consume us, they begin to pull us out of those relationships that we need to build us up. Amen? Here's another one. Faith in ourselves. Ooh. Ooh. Pride. Pride keeps us from repentance. And the first step in overcoming sin in our lives is to admit it. To admit it. When I was a kid, I used to watch G.I. Joe. And it always ended with what? Knowing is half the battle. So they used to tell us, knowing is half the battle. We need to recognize sin in our life. We need to get our get past ourselves, past our pride, and bring it to the Lord and seek his forgiveness. There's so many that have walked away from serving the Lord because they're too proud to admit they've made a mistake. Too proud to turn over that sin to the Lord. People would rather sit in sin and admit that they've sinned against God. So how do we walk in faith? Place that substance, that evidence, that thing in our lives in Christ Jesus. Place your faith in God. So, what can you do? How do I take steps to walk in this overcoming faith and victory? The very first thing is what you're doing right now. Number one is we need to hear. Romans ten seventeen tells us, By faith in God, Faith in God comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. The good news of Jesus. I'm not here this morning to talk to you with these eloquent, deep words. Because if you've come to hear that, you've come to the wrong place this morning. Because I will fail you. But I've simply come to tell you this. That Jesus came to earth. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross in your place and in my place. He was bruised and he rose again victorious three days later. So one day, you could sit here and hear this message 
that says, surrender your life to him. Take that substance, take that evidence, the faith that he's placed within you off all the other junk and put it in him, your Savior, so you can walk in faith and victory. The second thing you can do is repent. Victory comes after repentance. Acts 2.38, Peter tells us, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So repentance is not just asking God to forgive you of your sins. It's recognizing him as the Lord of your life. Asking him to forgive you and turning from those things that you used to do, from the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and to walk in the other direction. I'm not going back to those things that used to consume me. He paid the price for our sins, amen? And there's no debt to pay. Your sentence has been revoked, removed, lost. Those old sins of our life are forgotten, never, ever to be brought up against us again. The next thing is restitution. Even though our death sentence becomes commuted through repentance, there may still be some restitution that has to be made. Sometimes we need to make things right with the people that we've hurt the people we've sinned against. Say amen or ouch. Could be grandpa, grandma, mom, dad, auntie, uncle, brother, sister, friend, neighbor. But our main text this morning in 1 John chapter 5, verse 3 says, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. The Ten Commandments, you ever heard of them? They're made up of a couple different types of laws. One are moral laws, and the other are ethical laws. The first four deal with morality between us and God. No other gods before him. Don't bow down before graven images. Don't misuse his name. Keep the Sabbath holy. And the other six are between us and our fellow man. Honor your father and mother. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't give false testimony against your neighbor. Don't covet things that don't belong to you. Because we sin against our brother, we've sinned against somebody here, we've sinned against God. So, We need to let go of pride, humble ourselves, admit we've sinned against someone, and go make it right with them. A little heavy, but the scriptures even tell us not not even to enter into communion with having something against a brother or sister. Make things right. Make things right. We are human And we all make mistakes, and those bad decisions we've made have left a lot of hurting people in the wake. They're hurting. So after repentance, we should seek out the people we've hurt and make things right. Sometimes it's just as simple as saying, I'm sorry. Forgive me. 
I hurt you. Sometimes it's having to show repentance, fruits of repentance. Repaying them with kindness and love. Pay them with Jesus. For some of us, we won't be able to make it right with somebody. We've lost somebody. Somebody's past. Maybe, maybe legally you can't go see somebody. I don't know the situation, right? But in those situations, trust that God's forgiven you. Next thing. Resist Satan. It's not just realizing when the enemy tempts us, but we must keep our faith and trust in Jesus and be in a constant state of resistance to Satan. 1 Peter 5, 8 says that Satan goes around like a roaring lion, seeking someone he can devour. Resist him, firm in your faith. God wants you to get established in him and keep victory in your life. And the easiest way to do that is to resist Satan by staying in God's word, staying refreshed. Praise God. Stay renewed. Stay in his word. Stay in prayer. Stay in worship. Stay in fellowship. Get here for church. Get here for small groups. Stay connected to the body. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Not only does he help us resist the devil, it, this will help us keep our faith, that substance, to grow in our lives, to become stronger, to become stronger, to become stronger. Staying renewed becomes your spiritual workout. Staying renewed becomes our spiritual exercise. Praise God this morning. Walk in faith and in victory. Change the way you live. That may mean you don't go to the same place you used to go to. It, may, it means you're going to walk different. You're going to talk different. If I'm a drunkard and alcoholic, I don't go to the bar I used to frequent. If I'm lustful, I stay away from pornography. There was a bluegrass group in our church where I grew up. They used to sing a song. I think it was by, I want to say it was by one of the gathers. I'm not a huge bluegrass guy, but it said something like, Thanks to Calvary, I'm not the man that I used to be. Hallelujah. Thanks to Calvary, things are different. So much different since he set me free. With tears in my eyes, I've tried to tell them, thanks to Calvary, I don't go there anymore. Live new. Keep faith in Christ. Conquer this world. Spend time in his word. If we can get this from our spirit and we can get it into our mind we'll be able to walk on water if we get it from our spirit to our mind we'll be able to walk on water so many times this hinders us 
It's in our spirit, but our mind stops us from doing what God would have us to do. We don't want to take that step. We're fearful. We don't want to get out of the boat and walk on the water. Not because we don't believe, but because our mind tells us. Our spirit, we believe. Amen? We believe. We need to get our, that thought into, into here. And we'll be able to walk on water. We'll be able to walk in faith. Be able to walk in victory. When our mind can comprehend the faith that we have in Christ, we'll do exploits across the earth. Amen? Praise God. I want to walk in faith and victory.